Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at horrormakesushappy.com. Today's guest is Samuel, how do you pronounce it, Vancini? Venisi. Venisi? Samuel Venisi, uh, best known for, were you author or producer? Or The two works that we talked about were Violet and Breathe. Um Writer director, right? Did you, yeah, writer director. Uh, I was an author too, but um, for those projects, I writer director. Okay. Um, and is there anything you want to plug before we get into the interview? Right now, my feature film Violet is available on SamuelVeneciArt.StoreEnvy.com, and there's a very small amount of copies left. So totally grab one. Quite awesome. Thank you. We'll get that link uh, put into your bio on the page when we um, get that all put together. Um, before we get into the interview, a little information for both you and the listeners. Um, some trigger warnings. We are going to be talking about horror movies, which could involve anything, murder, rape, <gasps> suicide, child abuse, F-bombs. Uh, we do not censor ourselves. So if you're not ready for that, please take care of yourself and come back when you are ready. Um in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. The idea is that if we interview enough people, we might find some interesting common themes, also might find some interesting unexpected things. Um, and we're coming at the questions from multiple angles, hopefully, because sometimes that triggers things that you had forgotten about. Um, that said, this is not meant to be a therapy session, so if there's anything that we ask that you don't want to go into, just say so and we'll move on. What is the safe word? Pineapples. Pineapples. Pineapples, plural. That's, that's different. <laughs> Say pineapple. <laughs> nope, we're continuing. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's start with childhood. What were some of your earliest memories of scary things? I have a lot of little things. Uh, some are realistic of like things actually happen in real life. Some were like movies. I will talk about some movies first. <clears throat> so... I remember when I was like five or six years old, um, my father rented The Grudge, the U.S. remake of The Grudge. At the time, I had no idea what it was, and we re- we watched it like very late at night. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and holy crap, I had nightmares for the next few days, actually. Um, I kept remembering that scene when like the girl's hiding under her bed, and then you just heard the noises, and then she just gets sucked in her bed. Holy shit, I was scared of the covers. <laughs> So uh, that was uh, that. That kind of got to me. And then also in my bedroom, uh, we I had an attic in my bedroom that my brothers also uh, fucked with my uh, one of my childhood friends. They were hiding in there, and they came out this one time with all this <laughs> baby powder on them. So like, <laughs> and then just a little bit of smoke, like white dust, like starts coming out, and you just see this person just completely full of like you couldn't even see the person. It was just completely like a white figure, and my friend pissed his pants and ran out the fucking door. So, um, <laughs> at the same time, the Grudge came out. By the way, so uh, uh-huh. you know, I had to deal with. Uh, nightmares and like the fucking attic i'm like shit because the first scene in the grudge you know the girl gets killed in the, the attic thing the crawl space mm-hmm. thing so that was interesting for me yeah i miss i miss one detail that who was it that came out of the attic it was my brother uh marcus <laughs> and my brother <laughs> david he was telling us a scary story before that and then uh... and i wasn't scared because i knew they were fucking with us but my friend uh... was just fucking oh my god what the fuck is this shit so your brothers are awesome 
<laughs> you're you're sitting there. You're like, this is just my brothers. It's okay. Like I wasn't scared. My friend runs out the room, and I tell my brothers. I, I don't think I swore, but in my mind, I'm like, go fuck yourselves. Hey, come back. I'm trying to get my friend to calm down. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> Looking back on it, yeah, one of those in retrospect things. Yeah, so yeah. Else? I haven't uh, I haven't talked to that guy since. So. <laughs> like, swear, to god. swear to god <laughs> mm. what was the question again uh earliest memories of scary stuff yeah um i'm gonna go into something realistic a little bit now so okay i was like eight years old this is my first ghost experience paranormal spiritual whatever same bedroom mind you <laughs> um so i heard uh long after this that a an old man a grandpa you know died in the house and i didn't know that um until like years later so you know one day i'm it i'm there's a bunk bed in my room i'm on the bottom my brother dominic who helped me with my short films and stuff he's on the top bunk and he's sleeping and i'm trying to sleep i turn my head and i can see out into like the alley, not alley. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> um, just, I can see like the other bedrooms in the hallway and uh, pretty much I just see a figure standing in the doorway and I can't see anybody's face. I just see this black, like shadow figure. So, cause it's dark and it's, it, we're, we're sleeping, you know, so there's no lights on. And then it's just staring at me and I can feel like something's there and I'm screaming out to my brother, Michael, Cause he, I thought he's fucking with me cause he's the next bedroom over. <clears throat> um, pretty much like, you know, stop fucking with me, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to sleep. Cause like, this is going on for like 10 minutes and it's really annoying. Things just standing there looking this, at me. This shadowy figure just sat there for 10 minutes staring at you. Yeah. It, and yeah, I think my creepy. brother Dominic, like I try to wake him up. I think, I don't know if he did see it. Um, I haven't talked to him about that for a while. Um, it's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been, I'm 22 now, so it's been like 15 something. It's been a while. So, you know, so it's just standing there staring at me and I think it's my brother. So I'm not scared, but I'm getting a little like nerd, like why are you doing this? A little anxious. And then my brother, Michael opens his bedroom door, light uh-huh. fills in the hallway. The thing's gone. Yeah. And my yeah. brother is just like in the hallway staring at me. He's like, shut the fuck up. You know, he's pissed off and I'm screaming for him in the middle of the night. And I'm just sitting there like stunned. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I was waiting for that other foot to drop. So, yeah, you're, just, uh, you're yelling that, at this thing. That's your brother. And then all of a yes. sudden your brother's door opens down the hall like that. Yeah. Not- and, and and it's not nothing's there. It just disappears. And I'm just like kind of scared. I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep that night. I'm like, what the fuck was this? And then yeah, I found out that uh, an old man died in the house and stuff. And it, that was the last time I saw him. But like, I still had like an experience. That's why I kind of believe in the ghosts and stuff. Because I've seen something and I've heard other stories from people. So. Okay. Dope. And these three things that you were talking about, um, you were excited by them, scared of them. What emotions were going through? Uh, those are all scary <laughs> for me because <laughs> I'm a little kid. Okay. And right, like, was like creepy as hell. Oh my God. Yeah. Literal nightmares. Like I think I actually slept in my parents' bedroom one night cause I was just scared. Uh, but like after, you know, after that, I started getting really into horror movies. Uh, I don't know how the transition happened where one moment I'm 
fucking terrified and the next i'm like ooh, i want to see more or whatever i don't know how that mm-hmm. happened i just started getting it's, it's probably because my father was really into horror movies <clears throat> and he let me watch stuff that i was not able to watch uh, my mom did not want me to watch the stuff i was watching but uh yeah he uh he let me watch stuff with him <laughs> it was really cool and mm-hmm. pretty much um he also uh for the, for our house he every halloween we were building um haunted houses in our backyard it was mm-hmm. free of charge people that wanted to come over they can go and to our haunted house and stuff and that became like our little tradition of every year let's do a haunted house and we just made them bigger and bigger so horror was really big in my family um with the haunted houses and the movies um it was just it started to become like something i always loved i always loved halloween i loved october and stuff huh even from early age, like just just the yeah. whole time, Halloween, just hardcore. Yeah, it it because uh, my birthday was October fifth. Is October fifth? So ah. like October is you know I'm, birthdays presents slash at the end of the month it's Halloween. It's another big present. I love it's that. It's like a month long bash. Exactly, right? and I loved it so much. And how old do you think you were when you went when you started shifting from being afraid of horror related stuff to enjoying it? Probably like eight or nine years old i know i was like a little kid when i was a little kid i was scared because like my brothers would like pick on me and stuff like i remember we were at this olympic star restaurant my brother david was like quoting Candyman. he's like oh tell me about Candyman and how he'll kill you and stuff he'd say his name three times in the fucking mirror and shit and that was creeping me the fuck out but then when i finally started watching the movies i was like wow this is fucking it (laughs) you know so Because my imagination, you know, your imagination always takes over. Like, oh, it's scarier than you think. But mm-hmm. then you actually start watching the stuff and you're like, oh, wow, this is not that bad. Uh, like, like yeah, for example, uh, I watched Saw the first one and I saw Saw 2. Like, I watched them myself and I enjoyed them. And when Saw, like, 3 and 4 came out, my uh, parents, like my, my dad and my brothers, they were allowed to go fucking watch Saw 4. And I had to be in my room because they said it's too much for me. I'm like, fuck you guys. I fucking watched the other ones. It's fine. <laughs> Um, I, I really, I really liked that stuff. It was just cause I never, I wasn't, I wasn't able to like watch it. Well, I mean, eight years old is like second grade. So to me, that's still childhood. Um, you know, if we're breaking it down between childhood and teenage years, to me, that's definitely still childhood. Yeah. Um, what do you think, uh, was the, was there a pivotal moment, something in particular that was like a defining change between being afraid of them and starting to like them? I think because my family was really into horror, like how we always made the haunted houses and stuff. And we always dressed up as the people like my dad would dress up as Michael Myers and stuff every year and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we always would watch the movies. I think cause my family we were like so big into it, the change of being scared of them and starting to love it. Cause it was like part like horror was a part of our family. So it was something I just started loving. Um, if my family didn't like horror movies, I probably would have been scared of them still. I don't know. But because of, you know, my father always watching the movies and stuff and, you know, and then I just join in and it it, just, it, it became like a tradition or something. Like, you know, some always... families have the family band. Some families have the get together and watch Slasher's movie night. That's how we know? bonded. Yeah, that's how we bonded. <laughs> we just like because <laughs> when I was young, uh, whenever we were watching a movie and some girls tits came out, my dad would try to like hide my eyes. And he's like, oh, <laughs> with like one finger open, like, no, no, you should don't don't watch this. <laughs> uh, and I was like, get out of here. <laughs> Um, so, you know, at certain, at a certain age, when you were at least five, you were mentioning that, you know, I mean, and I'm guessing part of this being having older brothers, of course, is natural of them teasing you. 
Um, but at some, at some point, if you then started to enjoy the horror movies, I'm guessing there must've been some kind of, for lack of a better way to say this, some sort of lessons about how to approach the material that they must've been sharing with you. Does that make sense? Um, not, not really. Um, <laughs> okay. Me, me and my brothers never really like Dominic, for example, he got along with me, but we weren't really, we never really watched horror movies together. We were more like he was trying to get me into anime and stuff. And I got into anime with him and we just like played games and stuff. So like the, the brother bondage wasn't horror at all. It was more me and my father is like, that was when we watched horror movies, but then the, the family came together for Halloween. So the brothers were interested in horror again when we were doing haunted houses, but they really didn't care for um, watching the movies a lot. So was there something that your father kind of passed down to you in terms of how to approach the stuff? Uh, he uh, pretty much just like, it's not real. Just in it's, it's an enjoyment factor. We watch it, we have fun. So like, Halloween, for example, like the sequels and stuff, you you sit there, you want to watch people get killed, see some, you know, tits and so just have fun. <laughs> That's really what the thing was. He never I don't think he ever watched any disturbing movies or anything that like was really messed up. He was more of the one that watched, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, like the ones where they are technically horror movies, but they're more of like the the fun ones, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they're almost comedies. Yeah, they they give you like they like, they make you laugh and they make me like smile cuz you you enjoy that shit, you know? So yeah. they don't leave you with scars. So yeah. Uh, but I decided to go in my own way when I was older and I got in some fucked up shit, so <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean though. I mean cuz like for me personally and I've talked to Chris about this in the past that you know, like you mentioned the saw movies, I personally don't want to watch the saw movies because the exposure I have had to them I don't know. I guess maybe I'm more like your father. Like to me, there's, you know, the whole thing about like in reality, you know, there are, there are people who are copycats and there are some ideas that maybe you don't want to spread because they get they're into the wrong people's heads. Um, Not definitely. Uh, and to me, it's just, there's also another quote that I really like. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but I'll try my best. It basically says that, um, it is your responsibility to program your own mind. And if you don't do it, the re the world will do it for you. Um, and so you have to be very cognizant of how you let the world affect your own mind. Um, so that's sort of where I go with the saw movies and some of this, and not just saw, but some of the other ones where it's like, there's just a line to me that I don't want to go there. It's just, meh. but it sounds like you are, you enjoy going there. Um, not really. <laughs> I'll, no? I'll explain later as I get older in this interview. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that works. Um, all right. So you had, uh, you did have some social element to this cause you had the family, um, involvement. Did you have any group of friends at that age that also were into horror? Any horror crew? Mm, yeah. No, I kind of kept that to myself and my family. My, uh, my friends, they were more into like, I'm trying to think like just, normal things <laughs> like lame uh, things i remember they, they were like more into comedies i remember like some friends wanted to get together and like play minecraft and like watch the hangover and stuff and i really didn't care for that hmm? like you know people like do want to do that where i want to you know do other things so don't knock minecraft now i don't think i ever had like a real friend until i got into teenage years that i was like into horror movies with 
Um, okay. So we'll come to that. It's, yeah. Go ahead. You were going to say something? I, I, I'm just, nobody really uh, around me was really into it. Like, even my mom, she didn't really care too much for the horror movies. <laughs> Because she's always like, oh, they always have the girl falling down and fucking just like, ripping and dying. She's like, what's the point? And then I showed her some really scary movies and she's like, all right. So I showed her some movies recently. I'll get into it later. But like she literally, I was trying to make her watch, for example, uh, Redson Tower, Fred Vogel. Um, she'd watch it and she got so attached to the characters. So when things were starting to happen, she fucking started screaming and crying she's like turn it off turn it off because she didn't want to see anybody die because she liked the characters like that's the person she is mm-hmm. uh so yeah when you said that she didn't like that the girls are always falling down i'm thinking to myself did you show her ones where like the, the female is the protagonist there's a lot of those actually i mean it's, they kind of have them do both there's one girl that falls down and there's always a final girl i think she thinks all the movies are the same because she said like i don't know what one of the ones is she's seen she's seen that mm-hmm. th- those deaths uh I'm going to probably, uh, well, she doesn't like when I show her horror movies. She just despises them. So I don't mm-hmm. think I can actually get her to watch one. Yeah. It's really um, rare. If I, if I make her watch a horror movie, I have to watch like magic Mike or something. So <laughs> that's, yeah, I guess I that's a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a real thing that happened. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that kind of falls under horror if you're not into that. <laughs> Um, so did your experience with horror in your childhood years introduce any fears that you hadn't had uh, or trigger uh, some existing ones you know make them worse people covered in flour and now I have a phobia of baking flour I just can't do it (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think I know I've always had some some fears and stuff back then I watched them and I was more for the enjoyment factor I didn't really watch anything too crazy at that time but I, I do have some fears and stuff, uh, things that do kind of scare me. But they never really got big into like the movies until I got a little bit older. Um, for example, Guinea Pig, you know, d- uh, the first Guinea Pig movie, that fucking eyeball scene. I do not like eyeball stuff at all, and that got to me. Like, yeah, ugh, anything with eyes, I just that just gets to me. Um, I, I can watch, I can watch a movie where somebody's like you know, getting their fucking jaw ripped off and so like, I'm cool with that. But you, mm-hmm. then you involve an eyeball. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Say like I'm the just, bathroom uh, scene in the evil dead remake. Oh God. Yeah. Sorry. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that scene. Yeah. <laughs> the, the evil dead remake was pretty cool though. The raining blood. That was stuff. good. That was good for a reboot. Yeah. I was surprised. Any idea why the eyeball stuff gets to you? I just personally, um, I just don't want anything to happen in my eyes. And like, it's just like you see somebody getting their like balls kicked or something and you just feel that, but you're not actually, you're not there. Like you're watching it and you're like, Oh my God, that's bad. It's just for me. I'm like, no, (laughs) even when people are like moving their eyes in weird ways, I just do not like that. Um, So eyes are a big thing for me. And also um, I'm trying to think of, there are some other ones that I just can't think of at the moment, but that's like the main one for me at the moment for, for a while, actually. Um, did you have a favorite costume uh, when you were a kid for Halloween? I, because we did the haunted houses, I would always dress up as a clown. <laughs> okay. And do you do specific clowns like Pennywise or, or no? Uh, uh, he went to Wal- Walgreens one day and he found a really sweet clown mask and he got one for himself too. So we were we'd wear these clown masks that we uh, for years like we, we still wear it and we just got a we got a, like a cheap uh, 
clown outfit that has like polka dots on it and we just have fun and i i was the one who i don't like talking really that much so mm. it's i'm talking a lot now but i do this <laughs> i do a laugh i would like laugh and play with toys and shit like that was my clown whereas my You'd dad like he would the, do like the, talk the silent weird clown yeah like <laughs> like i'd be the you know laughing and shit and i loved it non-verbal uh, non-verbal and that was my favorite. I, I, we st- I stopped wearing it because um, a few years ago, I, me and my brother, we were walking down the sidewalk on Halloween, and I think we pissed somebody off or we scared somebody. So they like drove, like drive, by- they drove by us and they just opened fired uh, paintballs at us. So huh. that hurts. And yeah. I didn't expect it. My brother expected it and he like uh, guarded me. So I didn't get hit too much. But then every time we talk about it, he's like, Oh, you fucking kid behind me and shit. I didn't expect that we we're going to get shot and he was helping me. So he's always saying that I uh, made him be my shield or something, but mm. uh, that that's the last time we wore, wore those costumes. Cause I don't want to get uh, shot again. Mm. <laughs> so I wonder if that sucked. was around the same time that there was like a, like a, clown scare where you know clowns were well there were there were people dressing up as clowns but it wasn't around halloween i think and it was like oh yeah i remember that. offending yeah. people to the point where they were drawing guns on these people dressed as clowns like and and then it stopped oh yeah then one um one halloween you could not wear like any clown stuff or you know i i remember that it was like do not wear clowns it, <laughs> that was a really i forgot how long ago that was was that like 2018 i think so i want to say 2018 Wow. Are, are we cool with clowns now? Are we cool with clowns? <laughs> One more <laughs> year. You got to give it a three-year cool-off time. Uh, well, that'd be cool because like, we're in the coronavirus right now. If we can get like <laughs> a little hazmat suit clown <laughs> style, that'd be so cool. No, it's easy. You just take your hazmat suit, put a red polka dot on the on the face mask, and then polka dots everywhere else. There you go. Hazmat clown. Right. Dude, we're f- this, this podcast is going to start like a new style or trend. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Um, any other favorite costumes other than that one? Any least favorite costumes? The ones I wore personally, or just anything? Yes. Yeah, your own personal. Personal? Um, not really. I think the clown was just the best one. Like I remember before that, I was a skeleton, and that was stupid. <laughs> 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 like I was a skeleton, and I was just trying to like just be a skeleton. It's pretty much just laying around. I'm like, this is stupid. So <clears throat> I didn't like that. So. And I, it was a really, it was a really shitty costume too. Um, no, no, you can always like hang out above doorways and ask people for wine and shit. <laughs> Say for wine, dude. This little Big fat reference. kid just trying to be a skeleton. It's like you're supposed to be like a skinny, like bony thing, and I'm just like making these bones look bigger than they should be. It wasn't help helping. Um, so yeah, I think like the upgrade was the clown, and I just really love that character so i just stayed it as it and i didn't really i never upgraded to anything different i never played i i think uh before that i did do like Ghostface, like from scream i did that for a few years i like that but that's really it i don't really have uh many costumes but i do i do love wearing masks i feel like when i wear a mask i can completely be myself whereas if i don't have it on i it, it's a weirdness it's like you just put it on you're a completely different person and i feel like i could do anything Whereas yeah. without the mask, you're kind of just like yourself and you're like sh- restricted or something. Nobody cared oh, yeah, no, who I was until I put on the mask. 
Like literally, like when I wore the clown mask, I would chase girls around or just have fun or just be fucking weird. <laughs> like I'll just be myself, and then I don't have the mask on. I'm not gonna do that because I'm, my, I'm myself now. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like a different personality that just goes through the mask, and I really like that. So, did you enjoy the process of dressing up, or was it just you didn't care about the process and you just enjoyed being the candy? Better? I loved all of it, honestly. Um, just being in that spirit because Halloween always made me the most happy. I was so excited, like, oh shit, I can wear this fucking costume. I can. I felt like I can actually be myself, so that's why I really enjoyed it. So just getting it, getting like dressed up, and then going out, just all of it, I loved. Was there ever a time when you were actually terrified something as a child, like real life? There's probably been a lot, honestly. I will say one thing. Looking back, was I could have died from this one thing. Um, I don't think I was scared in the moment too much, but like right after it happened, I'm like, okay, fuck. This was when I was like 12 or 13. Um, we went, my mom and my stepdad, we now stepdad, we went on a boat and we like were, were driving or coasting or whatever the fuck you want to call it. When they pulled over, the, the propeller's still going and I stupidly, uh, you're supposed to go on the side of the boat to get off to get in the water. I went like mm-hmm. directly near the propeller. Huh. Where that's supposed to be. So like my head was like inches away from the propeller. So I could have fucking died. So my mom was scared for that. So sorry about bringing these. If you listen to this mom, sorry about bringing those memories back. <laughs> but <clears throat> I went in the water and then they pulled me quickly right back out after like they noticed where I was going. And I didn't know. I, I didn't go back in the water after that. I'm like, okay, shit. Uh, yeah. Because the propeller, man, I could have chopped my head off. So that's kind of terrifying. At least giving you a good scar or two. Yeah, I'm glad I literally got like no no scars. I did puke on that little boat, so that's <laughs> fuck you boat. More of an emotional <laughs> scar from the same <laughs> event, like out of fear or different. Uh, no, I, I just didn't like the water. <laughs> oh, got I didn't it. like the rocking. Yeah, so uh, I just fucking puked sickness. all over that fucking thing. Yeah, then, then we got some food afterwards, and I was fine. But uh, did you have any scary dreams as a kid? Yeah. I had I don't really remember them, but I used to have a lot of nightmares, and I remember one vividly um, that kind of stays with me because I literally woke up, I was sweating, and I wrote it down. Long story short, it was it was about a killer pretty much who came to my house, and he was trying to like get me or whatever. But I leave the house, and I go to the police station, and I think I'm safe. But then I we try calling my mom, and she's walking inside the house. And the killer's still there. And then we hear the noises of her getting like butchered and shit. That really scared me. Um, Cause like I was safe, but my, but my mom wasn't. And I just heard, heard her fucking getting killed on the fucking phone. That really uh, messed me up. That That is a very involved, detailed, realistic, and pretty jarring. There was dream. a lot more like, detail into yeah. that story, but I did the long, like I just shortened it a little bit, but it was a longer thing. Like, whew. Yeah, that one. I, I woke up sweating. And I was like, what the fuck, is, what the fuck am I doing? It just it was so scary. That's definitely something to be afraid of, especially, you know, at that age. Parents are are always close to us, but particularly at that age. Yeah, and um, I, I've noticed what scares me the most is stuff that, like I've said before, your imagination could do so much more than seeing it. So for that nightmare i heard my mom getting killed i didn't see it so just her screams just impacted me because i'm like what the fuck like i'm not seeing it so like your imagination can like do this bigger picture and everything and uh 
a lot of the movies that do that, that do stuff where it doesn't show you everything, it just shows you glimpses, that scares me the most because you can just think of your mind just does whatever it wants. So sort of wrap, wrapping up the childhood section, then um, we asked, did childhood, uh, did horror make you happy in your childhood for you? The answer kind of is a mixture. It started like, yeah. off as a no, but then moved into yes. Um, and the main thing that made you feel that way, I guess, is having the relationship with your father. Yeah, that's how we bonded. And that's what we, we noticed that we both really enjoyed uh, doing together so whenever like a new movie came out we would go to the theater uh whenever there was like a sci-fi channel of like just movies playing we'd watch it like that's how we bonded so uh we really got into the horror movies together and uh i really enjoy the those times like i still go to his uh still go to his house and we watch like walking dead every week and that's really cool so nice. we still kind of bond some way with horror so let's move into the teenagers what were some of the scariest stories or books or movies that impacted you during your teenage years so teenage years was pretty recent. <laughs> yeah. So I will say this. I started out as a, like the mainstream kind of horror guy. So I'd watch, you know, the normal like Halloween or whatever, just whatever, like most people have seen like sinister and stuff. There were good movies. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I started getting bored with like the normal horror movies. And cause like I've seen it all before and they weren't really doing anything different. So I started getting bored with watching them. So yeah. in my teenage years, I started uh, I started watching like uh, Dave Parker and um, Ate the Chosen One, and they were reviewing horror movies and stuff that I have never heard of. And I started making lists. Mm-hmm. I started um, going on eBay and just buying stuff. I just wanted to find something that can actually like get to me, I guess, or scare me. Um, which I think most people that watch those fucked up movies, they were trying to do the same, trying to see something different. Found, for example, got me into the independent like scene for real. I watched Found and I loved it so much. I'm like, wow, this movie <clears throat> was made for like eight thousand dollars and it was so effective. And it it really wasn't uh, it wasn't that bloody. Like, yeah, headless part was in there, but it was more the psychological part and the coming of age story. It's so like that. I love that so much. That's kind of how I got into the indie horror scene. Found was one, and Hellraiser was a big influence for me, too, because I read the book, too. I used to just watch horror movies, so watch people die and just have fun like that. And then I started watching them to actually get into, like, the story itself, because some horror movies can tell a really compelling story. For example, um, one of my favorite—I don't know if it's called a horror movie. Um, It's Harvest Lake, for example— it's thing about thing about but I, lo- I love about Scott Shermer is that with Found and had on Harvest Lake, um, their endings always leave you like shocked or like stunned, like holy crap. They always have such great endings to an already great movie. And Harvest Lake, man, you can talk people about it. It sounds like a porno. It, it does sound like a porno. It it looks like one from the images I've seen. I that is like the one Shermer film I still haven't seen, and I need to get around to watching one of these days. I know it's. I've heard good things. There's really not a lot of gore. I don't even think there is any gore, actually. There's a lot of slime. <laughs> slime yeah. that's in there. Like, it looks very... Um, Lovecraftian? Like, yeah, Lovecraftian, yeah. There's de- there's uh, there's some tentacle aspects in there. God, atmospheric, for lack of a better term. Like There's a lot of uh, artsy scenes, kind of. Where there's not a lot of dialogue, but just like weird long pauses and shit. Which yeah. Tastefully yeah. done, though. I really, really love that movie. I've seen it like I've I've seen it more than found. I've seen it more than any other movie. I just it's something always draws me back to watch it 
I don't know. I started again on on point. I would get into movies for the story and just what it. I also really like story like movies that were completely original that I've never seen before. Like there's there's so many like Halloweens or just people slashers or stuff. It's so getting just harder actually, and harder to do these days with the horror aspect though is to come up with an original story because a lot of it's been done. Yeah, like a lot of it, ha- like I think everything has been done, but it's cool to like take that idea that has been done and do your own twist on it. I saw this movie called Haunts last year, and that was a great movie. I thought that um, was actually pretty good. I mean, like some of the acting on some of the protagonist characters was kind of candy, like cookie cutter. But um, ultimately, it was a good story. It was good direction. The uh, the cinematography on it was really good. And those fucking masks. I mean, and, when, when the mask oh, that came house off. Too. Haunted House too. Holy the Haunted God. House was impressive too. Yeah, I mean it. It had a feel to it, like it. It definitely didn't go to theaters. Like it was a semi indie production. But wait, wasn't it True. produced by Eli Roth? Uh, I think so. Okay, so yeah, they got money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did it go to theaters or did it go to like limited theaters? I think it was like I got it on VOD, so that's how I watched it. But I don't know if it it could have went. I I don't really know much about the movie, but. That movie, man, I just liked how it brought me back to my childhood watching it because, like, the whole haunted house thing, I just loved. Like, when you watched it, it seemed like it wasn't just a random haunted house. Like, they didn't know what to do. Like, it felt like you were in the haunted house. And, yeah. Like, if you're going backwards, you know the other rooms, you know what they are. And it just felt like it was a, it was its own character. And I really liked that. So, going back to Harvest Lake for a minute, you mentioned that it wasn't, you know, your typical horror movie. Um, but you've also commented how in your teens, um, now you were having a harder time finding things this, that made you scared, uh, more uncomfortable. Um, was Harvest Lake something that you enjoyed because it made you uncomfortable somehow? I really don't know what it was with Harvest Lake. I just, there's something about that movie that like for the story aspect and just, it's completely original and like, I've never seen a movie like it. And I just, just the, I feel like it's a beautiful movie, but that's not really it. I, I know whenever I show it to friends, they're all disturbed by it. <laughs> like they want to turn it off and they're done with it, but like, cause they can't handle it. But for me, I can like, I don't see what the problem is with that movie, but there are some movies that I do understand uh, are a bit much. Um, I remember watching a, a Serbian film with my brother. So that was an interesting uh, movie. Uh, the whole baby fucking scene. I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I think I read something about that. Yeah. Most horror fans at least have to watch it once. You, you got to make it through it once. And then it's like, all right, I've done it. I feel like that movie, I feel like that movie, it was overhyped for me. I thought it was going to be worse than it was. So when I was watching it, it wasn't that bad, but it is pretty bad with the baby fucking and stuff. But um, the newborn porn, I was, uh... but like, that's how fucked up I am. Cause like, I've watched so much disturbing stuff. Like I can just watch something and not be too disturbed by it because like it doesn't affect me, and that's kind of messed up. <laughs> I've seen. I think I've went way too far in, and I know lately I haven't been really interested in watching a lot of those movies. Um, they just don't really interest me as much anymore. It's kind of weird. Um, so in your teenage years, there wasn't anything that scared you. Um, movie wise and stuff, I just. I try or, to find or something. books or, um, I would get more fascinated with stuff than actually being scared. Like a clockwork orange. I watched and I, I fell in love with, even though that's like fucked up and stuff. I don't know why I fell in love with that. 
story and movie. I just started getting fascinated with all this stuff and scare factor. Nothing really got to me. I was trying to find something because I remember back then I was trying to find that rush of excitement when, you know, the grudge like that made me have nightmares and like um, little things like the ring. When I first watched the ring that scared me. Uh, I remember, I think like one movie in my teenage years that I, cause I watched it super late at night. It kind of got to me, but it wasn't like too scary but I still kind of got affected was uh, that movie called dead end The guy from twin peaks, Ray, uh, what was his name? Ray something. Mm. I'm not familiar with that one. It's fine. I mean, it sounds dead end. We both fail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds familiar, but I, I just, I don't, I'm bad with names, so I don't know actors. I'm bad with names that. too. Uh, the woman from insidious, the, the older woman, she's in it. Um, Lin the guy, Shea? twin peaks, Yes, Lynn Shea's in it. I know that Ray, one. whatever his last Ray name is. Ray Liotta. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Those two are in it. Those two are in it. <laughs> and it, it was a very like low-budget horror movie. And I watched it when it was like completely pitch black. I was like two in the morning. And the whole movie is pretty much this family. They're driving um, to another house for Christmas. And literally, they just keep driving down this road. And it's never ending. And they don't know who the fuck they are. And just weird shit starts happening around them. And like, they're completely stuck at, in nights and they can't yeah. get out of it. And yeah. It I knew me. that name sounded familiar. I remember this now. You remember that movie? You remember yeah. the, uh, the, the woman in white and she has like this baby crib or not baby. She's holding a baby. Mm-hmm. And in the back seat, they're like, Hey, can we see your baby? And you see the baby and it's fucking like a dead baby. She's holding and, like that shit was fucking scary. It's just the psychological aspect too of like shit. What are we gonna do? Right. <laughs> what it's it just that got to me. So that that one I will give a I'll give a thumbs up to getting me. But so if you're not scared by these, you're enjoying um, some discomfort, some psychological horror. It but it sounds like you're you know like you you're having some difficulty explaining what it was that you liked about these things. Do you see any common threads about the things that you've been enjoying other than just a good story? All right, one movie that did. There's one. There's a movie that it got me. Uh, the first Insidious. That movie actually kind of scared me. It was um, the Tiny Tim song, wasn't it? That's what did not, it. Actually, not. No, <laughs> uh, that was creepy, but not really. Um, when um, the the wife is going through the hallway into the baby's room, and you just see the face just staring into the window, and there's no music or anything. It just slowly starts. Boom! Right after, it gives you a second and it's because there's complete silence and you're staring at this person looking into the window mm-hmm. that scared the hell out of me. Cause yeah. I didn't expect it. And also it's like movies today, they would do like a, like a jump scare or they do yeah. like a loud noise right when she turns the corner, but, but because they didn't do any noise mm-hmm. and it was there for like, a, like a f- three seconds or something without music or sounds that got me. Yeah. It's like, uh, like in hereditary when you see Tony Collette, like chilling on the ceiling in the, in the shadows, like, Oh, silence yes. no jump scare noise just holy shit there's a thing there okay exactly All right, you got me you got uh, me. see sound design really helps too it just yeah. and uh yeah with insidious like the the first scene for example the woman watching the kids sleeping like that scared me um the little things get me like the little things creep me out if i see that then i will admit yeah that kind of gets me in a word it sounds like suspense you know not knowing what's going to happen next yeah, yeah, that's pretty a good one. Okay, so you, I think you mentioned in your teenage years, this is where you started getting some friends who had some some common uh, interest in horror. 
I had one friend who was a crazy Friday the 13th fan. Um, but then I had another friend that he had no idea, like he wasn't into horror at all. So my one friend, Tyler, I, he had no, he wasn't really allowed, I guess, to watch horror movies, I think, or I can just never watched them. So I was showing him all these things, but I switched it up because I didn't want to show him all the mainstream stuff. I started showing him like independent movies and he started loving the independent movies. So he wanted to come over to the house like almost every day to watch a new movie. It was kind of fun. <laughs> and then my friend uh, Jake, um, he's the one who's the mainstream guy. He doesn't care about anything indie. He just only likes like Friday the 13th pretty much. <laughs> like okay. that's his thing. Like, is... like not even other mainstream series like Nightmare or Halloween. Just like, no, not only really. Friday the 13th all the time ever. Friday the 13th or Fallout. <laughs> That's pretty much him. Like he doesn't really care too much about anything else. So so in your teenage years, did you um have any experiences that uh triggered any fears that you didn't have before or exacerbated earlier ones? I don't want to go talk too much about this, but fear wasn't from movies. It was more about like stuff inside the family. So mm-hmm. There was a lot of family problems. Uh, people, cops would be coming over the house a lot. So there's always drama every everywhere. And that kind of was a little bit too much for me. So I probably another reason why I started just watching movies and stuff. It got me, helped get me out of where I was and just somewhere else. So that was kind of nice. Did your fears about that affect, um, affect your movie choices or the things that you uh, then did as an artist? Um, I know sometimes uh, if something bad happened, I probably wouldn't watch a horror movie. I'd try to watch something like a, a comedy or like anime or something, just something more lighthearted. But I did notice that for me personally, when things happened and even now, when things happen in my life, the way I get I get over it or I get to it's like therapy, I guess, is I write stuff. So mm-hmm. films now is, you know, helping me. But mm-hmm. I used to write stories. I used to write just little things. So it is shown, and you can watch like, my short films and my feature. Um, they're all personal uh, stories. So um, I, I threw some fictional in there. But I realized what was happening when. All right. So when I was in high school, I was writing a novel called Unlocking the Truth. It was a completely fictional story. There was no um, nonfiction in there. It was something completely different to get me out of. Where I am in real life, just write fictional characters, have fun, do something, you know, different. I would take breaks and I would write nonfiction, uh, not nonfiction. I would write novellas, uh, horror novellas. So I wrote um, The Long Way Home. It was like a cannibal. It was it was a really fucking weird horror story. It was like um, <laughs> it was like base motel, but with like cannibals, like cannibals were like running a hotel. It was fucking weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> That sounds awesome. So I wrote that one. That's the fictional, like just have fun horror story. And then I started getting more like personal with them. So the next one was called Dolls, which I'm not gonna say too much about that because that's actually gonna be my next feature. Uh, I took that and I redid the story. So Ooh. Dolls is the next one. That's something that really scares me. I will say a little bit about it. Uh, just imagine that someone completely drugs your body and you're a fucking doll and you can just look around and you can't really do anything. It's really fucking scary. Do you know that there's a drug that does that? Um, yes, like psilocinine. I think I said that right. I, I did research when I was in high school. I don't know if I said it right, but 
I have. I don't know, I, I don't know that kind of the scientific name for it, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. So I did research and I like did all the, I got all the side effects and stuff. So it's a very realistic story. I don't know mm-hmm. why I was obsessed with that. <laughs> and then the next one was, this is, this is when I noticed things were happening. Um, the last one I, the last novella I wrote was the, the libidinous butterfly. And this is when I was my, I couldn't just write. I, I noticed after this, I couldn't, I could not write a fictional story anymore. Stuff in my real life just poured into the stories. Uh, so I couldn't just write something for fun. It started with that one and then senses came and then crazy and stuff. But you know, it, it dealt with depression. It, de- it dealt with someone trying to kill themselves. It dealt with um, it dealt, dealt with a lot of heavy stuff in that story. And mm-hmm. and then senses was kind of like a, my first ever screenplay. And I kind of throw through things in that script, like um, pretty much how I was feeling about college and stuff, and just my life in general. I was I threw all my feelings in that one. Sometimes I felt like I was completely like useless, and I felt like I just. Some days I'm like, why do I have to get out of bed or something? Like I'm not doing anything like anything, you know? So I, I just took that and I put that in script, but I noticed with Acrasia, Acrasia is probably my favorite script. Some people don't really care for it, but I, I like it because uh, it's really personal. That's when I noticed that writing was helping me because I was, I was telling these stories that meant a lot. Uh, so Acrasia uh, deals with, Pretty much a guy who does try to kill himself. Yeah, I did another fucking thing like that. But he goes through a journey of stuff. He relives memories from his past. And he finally takes a moment to step back and realize, like, no, we're not doing this. You actually have a life to live. So I try to have hope hope in, this, in the story. Like, no, you know, me talking to myself, like, don't have those thoughts. You know, there's always something better. That was more of the hopeful script. Kind of like that. I kind of stopped... Well, wait, no, I didn't really stop with the suicide, but it's fine. It's fine. I stopped. I, I stopped it now. So, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I just noticed that writing was helping me uh, get through things. There was no suicide in brief. No, that was completely. That was more of a fictional story, but I did throw things in there. The whole hmm. whole sexuality thing, yeah. which I um, funny story. I I watched a YouTuber by the name of Nick's Fears. I then found out that he uh he transitioned and i you know it was like different like how people were treating him now he's called may she's called may now and just how people were treating her after the transition it was different because you're watching a guy on youtube and you're really involved with the content and then they change their sexuality and they change their com- they completely change who they are and it's like the the comments weren't really that nice so some were, but some weren't. So I don't know. Like yeah. that was interesting for me. Cause I've never really saw somebody like transition like that, like someone yeah. that I was following and then mm-hmm. actually did that, like someone personal to me in a way. Mm-hmm. So I saw that and that kind of got me inspired to do breathe. So it's not like a personal story for me, but just something I saw out there that was worth telling. Yeah. <clears throat> what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. Um, a long time ago, when a ga- galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away, away. there was uh, a young Padawan. Yeah. <laughs> so the original question had been uh, whether or not your exposure to horror in your teenage years had either introduced any new fears or triggered some existing ones. You said no to that, but then I asked, you know, did it cause you to uh, 
you know, change your behavior in any way. You said it kind of pushed you into writing. Were there any other ways that your experiences with horror in your teenage years caused you to change your behavior? Maybe, you know, don't go walking down dark alleys at night type of thing. Well, it, it does definitely give you more things to think about. Cause like, you know, let's say you're out somewhere like at a lake or something like Lake Catherine, we shot Violet at, um, you're out there middle of night and you just see somebody just like in the distance. And most people wouldn't care. They're like, Oh, it's another person in your mind. You're like, Oh shit. Like you just start thinking of all these things that could happen. Cause you've seen movies. So like, you know, there could be something in your mind, but I don't know if I, I like you said that most people wouldn't think that I, I kind of disagree. I think at this point in our lives, well, this probably point in our lives, society- he probably has a coronavirus run, you know, <laughs> stay six feet away. <laughs> you know, there are, I mean, first of all, if you're a woman, that's almost guaranteed to be one of the first things that they're going to think about is oh, how definitely. Can this person harm me. And then even for guys, you know, there is one thing that I will say um, that has changed me a little bit from watching movies. Um, back in 2017, I met a girl. I'm not going to say her name, um, but, you know, we started getting really attached to each other. Like we were feeling love and how we are. But uh then she get she got raped, so I try to help her through it. Um, it was a big thing. It really affected me. Uh, that was very hard to deal with because I was feeling trauma from it too. Like because I was so attached to her and so connected with her, like so close to her, and then that happened, and I was trying to like help her through it. That really um, fucked with me. Like I would be at work and I'm just like hearing her crying in my car and stuff when I was. She told me uh, she broke down and I was like holding her stuff. So that kind of stayed with me. So like ever since that, just like, like rape revenge movies or just rape, you know, rape movies or movies that have rape in them are very hard for me to watch. Um, if it does, I might skip it or I might just fast forward or whatever. I just don't want to watch that. So, cause that's a little bit too much for me. I'm, I'm with you. Um, the, probably the first girl I, I don't want to say first girl I loved, but cause you know, there's puppy love and stuff like that. But the, the, probably the best relationship of my life, uh, was with somebody who had been raped and, um, and she didn't want to tell me about it. Um, she finally did, but this, from what she did tell me, it was like, uh, you know, like the son of the police chief and two of his friends. And she did wind up telling a friend who then was found dead on some railroad tracks like two weeks later. Um, so yeah. Um, so that, that makes me irrationally angry, uh, whenever I have to deal with something like that. So I can definitely agree with you on, you know, there being some shit that shit that draw a line on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, even a minute ago when you were talking about what was going on, you know, you you had commented how it affected you. And part of me wanted to, I wasn't going to interrupt you, but part of me was thinking like, you know, well, like shit, like it didn't affect her. Um, but it, it's true that, yes, obviously it did affect her just as it affected the girl I was dating, but it can also affect uh, the people that care about them, too. Um, mm mm-hmm. 
uh, hard to move on from something like that uh, in context of an interview. <laughs> um, uh, I, I can I can help uh, move on from that. So I'll I'll actually add to that because I already mentioned about my writing. So sure. when that yeah. happened, the way I moved on from it kind of were because like I feel like if I it's in my head and I can't get it out unless I write something about it and then it's finally out of my head. So that's how my new film Violet came about. Um, I took my experiences and stuff that happened. I kind of put some fictional twist on it, but I had to get it out of my head somehow. So I wrote Violet. So the movie is a rape revenge movie, but you don't really see the rape or anything. I didn't want to focus too much on that. My focus on the movie was trauma after the fact of how we see flashbacks of Violet as she is happy and before everything happens, but most of the movie takes place after it happens. So we see how she's changed and how she's completely a different person. Um, Cause that's how I viewed the girl. Um, she completely changed, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, the experience. And so I took my, um, my experiences from what I saw and Alice helped me uh, flesh her out a little bit more, but uh, I didn't really want to focus, like, I didn't want to treat Violet as that girl. I wanted it to be, like, a completely different character. So I didn't want, like, I didn't write anything, like, personal of what actually happened. I took the event that happened, and I kind of wrote a fictional story with it. Um, so that's how I was able to get through it. But I was very uh, pissed off. So, you know, in real life, one guy um, raped uh, the girl. But in my story... I have it being there's three guys, two guys that did it, one person recording it. Because in real life, I was so vicious, I wanted like kill somebody, but you know I can't. So like for me, I wrote people dying in the scripts <laughs> that helped me mm-hmm. get better. So and not just one. No, you were so uh, vengeful. It had to be three people that died. Exactly. I had to fucking cut some dicks off or something. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, no, I, I like that aspect of Violet though. It's like it's a rape. It's a rape revenge story, and you don't have to show the rape for fucking five minutes you it's implied maybe with yeah. a flashback or something but it's more mm-hmm. about the uh it's more about the revenge that's what her character is she is revenge but she has this damaged past mm-hmm. exactly and that's the story i really wanted to tell i wrote scarlet the uh, the dolls thing i told you i wrote that one before long like that was back in 2015 but Violet, I wrote in 2017, and that was like such a personal story for me. That's why that was first my first film. I just had to like. Mm-hmm. It was also a big. It was about a big statement about like just the whole. People always joke about rape, and they don't really think it's a big deal. They think it's sex and stuff. Just sex, sex. Um, that we all enjoy it, but it's not really. It can really warp a person and really change them. So, I wanted to kind of like tell that story first. It was very. Uh, personal for me understandably so um so aside from the things we've already talked about was there anything that uh actually terrified you as a teen there's not a lot that scares me anymore like i think i'm scared more of myself most of the time because uh back then in the teen years i was really depressed to the point where i was kind of suicidal so um that kind of shows with my stories. I'm I'm changed now a bit because I'm sure I have I have something to live for now. I'm making art and I'm doing something that I actually like. But I think the thing that really scared me back then was just I didn't see a future for myself. I didn't um, 
I think I'm also scared of death, <laughs> which is weird because like I always like was that way. So like have a kid that like does not care about living but is also scared of death was like a really weird mix. Um, I think yeah, I, I was just scared of my own mind of like because I'll I'll tell a story for right now. Um, after I got done doing my last short film, Breathe. I shot Breathe. I was really happy. I was like, wow. Like, I think I went to Days of the Dead and I showed to some people like it was a really like, it was a really great um, thing. Like people really liked it. And like that was a really good, good feeling for me. Like, wow, I'm actually like making something that people actually like and something that I you know care about. So like, I'm glad that I can make something that I care about. And it's not like something stupid, like a slasher or something, because I don't really see myself making another thing that anyone else can make. I want to make something that's kind of like unique for me, like my own story. Um, so it was kind of cool that other people cared for that. One of the best days you can have people are all cheering you on such a great experience. You come home and you're in your bed and you're just crying. Cause you just, I don't know. It just like, it was a switch like happy. And then I'm like fucking depressed. So I've been trying to struggle. I've been struggling with um, that for a while of just, I'm trying to fight that a lot of how i'm mm-hmm. feeling because mm-hmm. it's weird you can have you know the best day ever and then mm-hmm. you just want to fucking kill yourself at the end of the day it's it's really i don't like that but apart from me is i don't want to be on medication i don't want to do anything like that i want to be myself so uh, it's a everyday struggle but um you know it's uh I always, for me i always keep thinking about like the future and i'm like well i want to do this i want to do this so I have I have to keep going somehow. So 2019 for me was I have to finish Violet, for example. So that kind of kept me going. So now I'm finished with it. My next goal is to tr- try to get my next one off the ground because when I'm working on something, I'm that's when I feel the most like alive and happy. But when I'm not working on something, I don't feel like I'm doing anything, and that's when the uh, the mind really attacks. I mm. guess. Wow. So, yeah. I can I can relate. Um... You know, my yeah, yeah. Head. Once again, uh, verbatim ditto on pretty much everything that you said, except for the fact that you've uh, actually made a production and went to Days of the Dead with it with a festival and successful. And all that <laughs> but uh, yeah, say, same exact thing. You know, it's it's hard being creative, and you like you produce something, and even if you have rave reviews of it, you're still your own worst critic. You know, you go home and you're like, ah, shit, everything I do sucks, and everything's gonna always suck. It's it's yeah, hard to fight hard. that demon back and, and just keep going at it, which exactly what you said, um, you know, just producing things in, in the process of making things is I think where creative people find true happiness. Exactly. Yeah. And you're spot on. Like you can make something that everyone can like and love, but then you look at it cause you've watched it so many times. You're working on yeah. it so long. You're just, you just see all the flaws in it and you just don't like appreciate what you've actually made. And it's yeah. kind of, it's like I guess most people that don't care too much about art, they can make something and they're like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever," and they're happy with it. But if you actually do care about what you're making, you will always be disappointed with yourself, and that's really shitty. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a, a weird double-edged sword that way. I um, yeah. I have I have some experience to share on both of those things. So, um, I too. I I don't know if you said you uh, just were feeling that that way or actually attempted, but. Uh, in my teens, I did attempt suicide. Fortunately, obviously, didn't succeed. Um, and I too was of the mind that I didn't, I couldn't see how my future was going to be any different than than that current present. Uh, and to me, that was like not having a future. So I, I, you know, that was one of the struggles of 
you know, how do I deal with that? And maybe not being able to deal with that. And so I do, I definitely did relate to, I don't know, was it maybe five within the last five, 10 years, there was that uh, hashtag it gets better. Um, I, I related a lot to that because a lot of, I think a lot of younger people do need to know that it does get better. Um, and I, I always knew actually, even from when I was a kid or right around that time, um, when things did start to change for me, I, I came to understand that for me, my adult life was going to be better than my childhood. There are a lot of people who they look back on their life and their childhood was the best time for them. For me, I knew things were just going to keep getting better as I, as I went along. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is as an artist and also a perfectionist, I had to go through a process of learning to separate myself from my work and, and value who I am as an individual. I, yes, I do value the things that I have created, but I also have to learn to value who I am individually. Um, because like you say, if you, if you can't separate those two things, that can be very harmful to the psyche. Um, Mm -hmm. so being able to say, okay, that's, that's what I've done, but that's not who I am. Um, is very important too. Oh, for for certain, man, for certain. Uh, I'm glad that you can do that because um, I feel like the artist then would be more happy, like with what they're making. Because most of the time, you know, for for, for me, uh, most people can feel this. Uh, you're never satisfied with what you're doing. You always think like you can always do better, which is a good thing. Like, oh, you're always pushing yourself, but then you're never actually like feeling good about yourself about what you're doing. So that well, kind of I'll tell you this much. I think you mentioned, I think you said you were 22 right now. Mm-hmm. Very I'm young. For, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm 45 right now and the change didn't happen overnight. I'll tell you. Um, I, I went through a number of years of therapy and a 12 step program. And I mean, that's part of the reason that Chris and I are a good match for doing this podcast. And why I talked to him about doing this is because he's the big horror fan. And I've had the, the experience dealing with a lot of the psychological stuff. Um, the, mm-hmm. So, us pairing up and trying to understand what it is that people get out of their enjoy. How, why is it that some people like horror? Um, maybe we're a good team to, to try to dig up some of that stuff. I think um, we're all just deep down and much of sadists. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that most likely be, that could be part of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess like some days I can be very happy. Some days I can be very, you know, sad, it's like an on and off switch, but um, I know back then. Um, here's a little that I never told anybody. Um, in Acrasia and Violet, there's this red uh knife, like little pocket knife. Um, Chris knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, that I I threw that in Acrasia because that was the knife that I was. Tr- I actually was in my car one day and I actually was gonna like cut myself. Like, uh, in my mind though, like I overthink too much. Like I was gonna do it. But then I kept thinking, like, I, what if the next day I'm happy and then I have scars and stuff? And I don't want people to, like, point them out or something. You know, I just didn't want anybody to know too much about me. Um, so, like, it was a thing where I wanted to do it so badly, but I just kept stopping myself. So with that knife, I threw that in Acrasia. And th- it was supposed to be for Violet. Um, that was always the knife for that. That's why it's there. But I was doing Acrasia, so I didn't know if I was ever going to do Violet. I didn't know if that was going to be, like, years away. So I put that in Acrasia, and that was a big thing for me, something personal. Um, so I'm always on and off with that. I, you know, I overthink too much. Um, yeah. 
you mentioned uh, the meds and, um, you know, there's a lot of people who don't understand there's a process, not only with the meds, but life in general. A, a lot of people can't can't take a step back and, and look at things as a process. And you had made a comment earlier about, you know, being afraid of the meds and not wanting to be someone else. You know, the way that I understand it is that, at least for most people, the meds are not meant to change who we are. It's it's meant to slow your brain down, not to a crawl, but just enough that it gives you about a half a second to a second to not immediately react the way that you instinctively would. And that and then in that half second to a second, you're supposed to be able to um to stop yourself and go, okay, I can recognize that that's how I would have behaved. And now I have the opportunity to choose a different way to behave. And it's also why it's very important to not only do meds, but also be in therapy along with the meds, because if you only do one or the other, you may not get the full benefit. Like if you're just taking the meds, but you're not going to therapy to learn different ways to behave, well, then you're going to have that second of, of delay but then you're not going to change anything because you don't, you don't know anything different to do. Um, but I also understand, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like the meds because there's a process of dialing in those meds to where if you're overdo it, then you feel like a zombie. If you're underdoing it, then you don't feel like anything has changed. Um, it's definitely a difficult thing to go through. Um, and a lot of people mm -hmm. don't do very well with it. But Yeah. Um, it's just the thing for me is I just don't want to, I guess, change myself. I kind of just want to be who I am, which that's the thing. I'm just trying to, maybe that's why I'm scared of it. Or it's just like something that's different to me, I guess. You know, an analogy I like to use for that is if you think about a fish's scales, if you touch a fish on one scale, it affects the other scales around it. Right. And there's a lot of people who don't want to go to counseling or therapy because they think I'm going to become a completely different fish. And it's not that it's, it's a way of saying, okay, you've got this one scale here that's messed up. How do we tweak that? And yeah, it's going to have a little bit of a ripple effect to affect the ones around it, but that doesn't necessarily make you a different fish. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's we're getting pretty far analogy. off topic but uh <laughs> what was the now. topic yeah um, you like fish sticks yes <laughs> uh, we were talking about if there was anything that uh, actually terrified him as a teen um jesus we're still on teen yes oh god we're still on teen. i am still a teen what i'm kidding well oh, yeah. did you have there any you um did you have any scary dreams when you were teen any recurring um I've noticed, uh, yes, I have. I noticed a lot of things for me. I've, I've already kind of said it, but like things around me in in my life, like the whole girl thing, that was in my dreams because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Just, I think it, the thing that scares me is like the realistic stuff. I guess um, I don't, I don't dream of slashers or anything. Uh, I kind of, when I do have a nightmare, it's kind of like something that has happened in my life now. Uh, to turn back to possibly a happier thing for a moment. Did, <laughs> did you continue participating in Halloween uh, in your teens? There you go. Sadly. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we were going for happy. 
Sadly, <laughs> uh, th- there's some happiness to it, but there's, after my parents' divorce, we stopped doing the haunted houses and stuff, and that was when I was early, early freshman year of high school. So, new house, new fucking you know situation. So, stopped the whole haunted houses, and I I love doing that stuff. So Halloween pretty much went away, but I still try to have fun on Halloween somehow. So. You know, watch the sci-fi channel or just whatever to get into it. I haven't really done much on, like, most of my Halloweens now have been, like, I'm either working or just nothing's really going on. So it's kind of depressing, but. Yeah. The adult life. So let's move into what? Chapter nine. (laughs) (laughs) Book of Uh, Armaments, chapter two, verses 21. hmm. (laughs) Uh, the so chapter when uh, Chris doesn't get his package in the mail. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. uh, Stupid so now, Corona. Now that you've uh, become an adult, what are some of the scary stories or books or movies that have impacted you as an adult? Uh, I believe you mentioned Haunt. Haunt was more of like a good, like it wasn't scary, but it was like it brought me back to my childhood because of the whole Haunted House stuff. And I just really loved like seeing that. The things that I really like now, I don't get scared of. I'm just fascinated by, or they just, they make me feel good. Like, oh, wow, I remember that from when I was younger and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, I've been really loving Joe Meredith's uh, films. They just kind of like, they feel like like the better Resident Evil movies. <laughs> like, Kinda, yeah. I wish, I wish he was the one making the fucking movies, but he's not. I don't know. The, the movies I've been watching now, are, I'm more fascinated by. Because uh, for me, like, you know, that's cool, but right, all right, this is how my adult brain works. Since I started making um, films back in 2018, I haven't been able to really enjoy movies. Um, once I started making stuff, I just can't, like, I'll go to a theater, for example, I'll start watching something, and then for some reason, I can't just turn my brain off. Like, sometimes I can. Sometimes I'm just watching the fucking movie as, like, a filmmaking thing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. the shots are cutting together, or this shot, or I noticed an audio thing. And I'm not actually watching the movie. I'm just, like, examining it. Yep. And I really do not like that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to go back to reading books. <laughs> I'm probably going to start critiquing those. Like, oh, this guy fucking misspelled this word. That actually, some some books, there's, like words that are like fucked up and it's fine it's it's not as bad it's not as bad as the thing he did that on purpose it, it was to symbolize how he was a simpleton just before he got the the drug and then he got smarter <laughs> see i i will only say yes to that for like found for example because i read the the book of found and the guy the the todd rigney wrote the book in a way where it's like very simple words like a 12 really? year old could have wrote the book you know huh so like it, like it was written by marty yeah, it seems like it was written by Marty because like it's not like very like the words are very simple and he writes it like a first person kind of book. The whole book's mm-hmm. like in first person and it seems like it, it's it's almost like Marty's journal or something. And mm. I really like that. So. So there's really nothing that's impressed on you much as an adult uh, in terms of horror. Well, I'm still growing, so there might be something that I stumble across. But for now. Uh, I'm, I don't know, just horror doesn't really scare me that much. I'm more, I do really like horror movies. They, they bring me to a a time when I was really happy and they make me happy when I'm watching them. It's a very, um, feel good experience. Nostalgic. Yes. 
but for the scary factor, um, the only thing that kind of can get me is like some, I guess, ghost movie maybe or something like they don't really do much. Just like they creep me out a bit. But like, I don't know, like there's not a lot that really gets to me. I, I really wish I can find a movie that makes me like have nightmares again. That'd be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you said you're, you'd like to find another movie that makes you feel afraid again. Why? I, it's been so long since I had that feeling. I just want to, I want to feel that like at least one more time, like that fear from just watching somebody like not real life fear, like somebody like made a piece of art and it actually affects you. Like I want to feel that again. Um, Like back when I was a kid with the grudge and stuff, I want to feel like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, (laughs) but like just that feeling, the thrill, I guess. Yeah. And I haven't felt that in a long time. So um, I'm guessing that horror in your adult life has not uh, introduced any new fears that you hadn't had before trigger existing ones. Hasn't caused you to change your behavior in any way? Not yet. Um, I feel like I'm way too desensitized because of what I did in my teen years that like ho- ho- nothing horror related really gets me. Uh-huh. But I kind of... I kind of hope that changes soon. I don't know why I want that. Like most people don't want to be afraid of anything, but like, I feel like that's the fun part of being like, I want to be scared. Cause that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of like, that's why I, I, I do like going to like haunted houses and stuff. Cause that's when I do kind of get scared. Some of them suck, but like sometimes they can actually get you and it kind of gives you that feeling, but it's not the same, but it's still something. Well, that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you, which is, as an adult, have you participated in Halloween at all? And so you apparently have gone to some haunted houses as an adult. Yes, I I really enjoy going to haunted houses because, you know, I I we used to make our own, but like it's kind of cool to like go there and see the costumes, see just how people do the decorating. I there's this one I forgot what it's called around me. Um, they literally have a prison and you go through nice. a prison and it's awesome. <laughs> like they made this fucking prison. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but like that place was awesome. Cause like you're walking around and it's not so scary, but it's just like the, the location, the location is yeah. different and it's just so cool to walk around and be in that like setting. So is it an existing, like, like a, how can I say this? Somebody are there inmates prison? in the prison yes <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yes they do that they do it every year um i, I think it's called statesville i think that's what it's called no idea again i but wait I, so it is it an active prison or <laughs> abandoned prison? i don't know i it could <laughs> i don't know but uh it's called statesville and i think it's called statesville look it up i don't think it's a real prison i think they made a set but okay. it's like a prison set mm-hmm. but it's huge I think it's awesome. So sounds awesome. Um, so I know you haven't really been an adult long. <laughs> so oh, hi. <laughs> have, have, I'm fresh has, out of the womb. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you had anything? Get off my lawn. You're right. Um, <laughs> has there actually been a time when you were terrified of something as an adult? I, I haven't been an adult for too long. I've been, um, Let's see how many years now. How how old do you have to be to be an adult? Twenty <laughs> exactly, yeah. Twenty one. I, I would say twenty one. Well, yeah, because that's when you can drink. Well, I mean, wait, wait, no, no. When was the first time after eighteen that uh, you were pissed off at every single thing in the world? 
That's when you're an adult. That's that's a valid question. <laughs> Pretty valid. Um, probably every day of my life then. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Then then eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen. All right, so eighteen. Honestly, uh what, what was the question? I kinda forgot. <laughs> uh has there been a time where you actually terrified something as an adult? Yeah, it's the whole um the thing that I talked about with Violet, uh, the whole rape thing, because that was pretty recent. That was three year, three years ago. So that was like when I was nineteen, twenty. <sighs> Nothing really else. Like that was very. I don't know if you can say that's terrifying, but it did. It wasn't my nightmares, so I will kind of say it could be. It's definitely something that can affect someone. Yeah, it, it affected me mentally. It really got to me. Um, I'm trying to think. If, uh, anything else that terrified me? That was really the big thing for me. Um, let me ask, let me, let me approach this from a different question then. Um, in your adult years, what about horror that has made you happy? That's a good question. That is a very good question. And that makes one. me happy. Thank you. Um, my adult years, I'm trying to think, it just makes me feel like I'm back. Like, even, let's say uh, wherever I'm at, I feel like I'm with my dad is one thing because I'm watching something that we bonded over. That's how we bonded. So whenever I'm watching something, I feel like I'm with him in some way. And that makes me kind of happy. I, I know I told, I've said this. I don't want to do a slasher movie. I don't want to do something that everyone else has done, but like, I really enjoy watching those movies. Cause like, that's like my childhood. So watching those like Halloween, like Michael Meyer movies, um, even though a lot, a lot of those movies are not that good they're still nostalgic for me and they just yeah. make me smile. Um, I do, I do like movies where people die a lot. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed like gore. <laughs> like it's fun for me and watching people die like hundred tears, for example, Marcus cook. That was a great freaking movie to watch. Yeah. Um, just the gore was like, okay. <laughs> um, what is it about gore that you like? Just the kill. Cause it's the practical effects. I don't really care for CGI. Like CGI can help enhance something, but like for just practical effects itself, it's just kind of cool. It just reminds me of you know, like how haunted houses are and how you how you practically built something and you know just kind of cool and just having it like for real happening and not like really real but real instead of like computer generated is like really really cool. Okay, so going it, back it, to the haunted houses thing. Yeah, because it, it it's just something that somebody else made out of hand, like by scratch and they're making it for real and. It's just really fun. It's a really, <laughs> it's weird watching people get fucking slaughtered. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I'm laughing and finding some enjoyment in, in how just your voice. You could hear that you were happy when you were saying because <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually thinking about some movies where I'm like rem- remembering deaths, like in Hatchet One. Like I love Hatchet One. Ah. Oh my god, there's so many great deaths in that movie. Like that's the one with the head rip, right? Where he just yes, like you know takes yes. hold of the upper and the lower <clears throat> jaw and just rip, fucking rip. Oh, it's so nice. Did you see? Where, where, how old were you when you saw that one? Was that an adult or a teenage or what? That was teenage. Yeah, that was teenage. That was in my. Uh, that was like twentieth. It it was before the third one came out. So that third one came out in twenty thirteen. So probably twenty twelve. I watched one and two, and I was so excited for part three. I went out to Best Buy right when it launched and bought bought it on Blu-ray, and I just I I, I still I'm not a huge fan of Part Three. <laughs> That's just me. I just didn't really care for it. But Parts One and Two, I just loved. 
So looking back, looking back over your entire life now, what movie okay. would you say you have watched more times than any other? And it and, and doesn't Ooh. have to be horror, just in general. In any movie? I mean, you could answer it two ways. You could say of of horror movies, this is the one that I've watched more than any other. Of non-horror, this is the one that I've watched more than any other. However you want to take your pick. Huh, that's a hard question. Uh, I will say for non-horror, I'm putting Harvest Lake in, in non-horror because okay. I don't even know what to call it. Like a erotic uh forest i don't know what to fucking call it it's just like very interesting and i love that movie um all right let me let me think of a fucking horror movie man this is hard i'm on the spot huh well again i'm not asking for your favorite i'm asking which one have you watched more than any other yeah oh watched (laughs) just hmm i mean you could say one of yours because i'm sure in the editing process you've watched hundreds and hundreds of times (laughs) that's that's the simple answer Buy it here at blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. hmm. Gotta say, I have I have one, but... Alright. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> I knew it. Probably. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> <Keep. laughs> That's the one I first popped in my head, and I'm like, I've seen that movie so many times. Like, <laughs> I didn't know if I want to say it, though, because it's Victor Salva and shit, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's... <laughs> That's acceptable. You know, the first one was in, in the Days of Innocence when none of us knew he was a piece Who of shit. it was, yeah. yeah. That movie still creeps me out to this day uh, for one scene in particular. Um, when they go out and they see that somebody has gone through his fucking clothes and like someone was sniffing it and shit, that creeped me out for some reason. Just that movie, like, I don't really care for the third. Third one sucks. Third one sucks. I have not seen the third one. I've Do not, not heard watch good that. things. I went to the theater with my oh. dad and my brother, I paid for all the tickets and it was like so overpriced because of the one day only thing. And I spent like 55 or 60 bucks for three tickets to watch that goddamn movie. And it was so bad. Um, it was, it's literally like, I'm not giving it a star. It's, it's the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Fuck that movie. Um, do you see any, again, looking back over your entire life now, do you see any common threads about what kinds of horror you like in regards to like cannibalism, occult, metaphysical, like, you know, Oh, definitely. I really, I really, really like the psychological thrillers and stuff. I like the stuff that you have to use your own brain. The invitation, for example. Oh yeah. That was was such a good movie. It's like, you're watching it and it it was such a great movie. Like I did not expect what it was going to do. It's something completely different. It was like Um, a combination of, uh, you know, kind of seeing where this is going and not expecting that twist at all but it's exactly. um it was executed well i felt you know it, was, it really drew you in yeah so i like i'm weird I, I can be like i can love the artsy movies and then i can love like the fucking b movies <laughs> equally as much mm-hmm. so so now that we've narrowed in on some of the things that you enjoy and i have some other ideas here too i'll ask one more question i'll let you answer it and then i'll kind of give my input if we've narrowed in on what some of the things that you like about horror, um, there could be any number of things that trigger those same kinds of emotions. So why horror? For for example, uh, you mentioned psychological th- thrillers. You like the unknown. You could say, well, why not sci-fi? Because sci-fi has a lot of the unknown too. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I I suspect I know what you're going to say here, but as, you know, for why horror? <laughs> but I'll let you answer first. Go ahead. I'm more of a huge fan of independent horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like horror is general because in horror, 
there's so many different subgenres in horror. So you can like be watching your slashers, you can be watching your paranormal movies. There's so many different kinds of horror movies. Whereas a comedy, there's only how many comedies, you know, it's like or there's only so many like things you can do with this one genre. There's so many different subgenres. Is I love that part of it, but indie horror, I feel like it's a different genre itself and subgenre in that horror because with indie horror creators don't have to worry about the uh, MPAA or any ratings board to fucking butcher their movie like Friday the 13th part 7 they fucking butchered the entire fucking movie <clears throat> so with indie horror one second you could chop off as many dicks as you want exactly so with indie <laughs> horror you literally have no restrictions you can tell the story you want to tell about any studio or anything kind of like coming in and taking over or saying, no, you can't do that. So I really like the freedom of indie horror. So you can tell whatever you want to do, show whatever you want to do. And a lot of movies are very restrictive of that. So like, Oh, I want to do this, but oh, we can't because of this. Um, it's stupid. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I just like, I think I'm answering your question. I think I'm doing why horror it's because it's what makes me the most happy. Um, it brings me back to my childhood and why not horror? <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, oh, question with a question. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's also like the thing about the subgenres is like, I could be watching, I can't, you go to the theater and there could be like four horror movies or this does not anymore. But back then you can either be in the mood for watching like a, uh, horror comedy or you could be in the mood to watch like, a really like scary horror movie or you could just have fun and watch like tits and blood like there's so many different kinds of horror movies that you can like actually find what you enjoy out of the the genre as a whole other genres are pretty um limiting in a sense so yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> you you kind of briefly touched on the thing that I thought you were going to say. Um, for me, I mean, the common threads, if you think back through this entire uh, interview now, um, nostalgia and your relationship with your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, I mean, those were the things that really, uh, even in your teenage years and your adult years, the things that you were looking for were the things that reminded you of the things that you enjoyed when you were a kid, you know, things that were re yeah. re related to haunted houses. Um, even like mm -hmm. the, uh, when you mentioned the, um, the, uh, the practical effects in that one movie, because it reminded you of haunted houses, which is something you did when you were a kid. Um, it just brings you back to a better place, better time. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. So, so what you're saying here, Steve, is is it's good to expose children to uh, good movies with <laughs> lots of practical effects and gore at a young age, because then that will instill that nostalgic feeling when they see horrifying things later on in life. And with with the caveat, with the caveat that it's a good, uh, how can I say this? Um, hmm. Should the child be willing? Uh, well, should we show the child headless? Not only, <laughs> I mean, it depends on, you know, I mean, d double digits ages, or are we talking like six? Probably Will not. They six. understand what he's doing to the heads. <laughs> yes, they should, they should understand. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we can continue talking, but I think we have uh, all we need for the actual podcast. Um, yeah. Do you want to, uh, we'll do a, 
quick closing and recap, and then we can keep talking if we want. Uh, yes. So my name's Samuel Venisi. Thank you for listening to probably the worst podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, yeah, really bad at speaking sometimes, but it's fine. I got through this. That's fine. Um, we all got through it. We survived. I have a very boring life, as you guys can notice from this podcast. False. So there's that. You have a long way to go. Yeah, I'm only 22 and I made a feature film, so that's pretty cool. Um, hopefully I can keep making more of them. Mm-hmm. I want this one to get out there. And once it gets out there, if people like it, they might help support my next one because I'm probably going to have to crowdfund for the next one. So, And on that note. Yes. Pitch. All right. Uh, so um, <laughs> my name all right. It's my Tinder buy. I'm kidding. So oh, wow. yeah, so I'm Samuel Venisi. Um, my film Violet is out right now. I have uh, limited of 300 Blu-rays at the moment. It's very, very limited. Um, there's about 60 copies that are signed at the moment. So if you want one, there's that. Um, it's at samuelvenisiart.storeenvy.com. I don't know when I'm going to reprint this, this movie. Um, it costs a lot of money, <laughs> but I know I'm not going to make any money back from this. But the thing is, I have a Violet bundle at the moment, and it's signed by eight people. The Blu-ray is signed by eight people. Uh, there's only ten copies of this available. There's also uh, screenplays that's signed by everybody attached with it. So you get to the screenplay, that the original story. So I, I, the movie changed as we were making it, so you get to see the original idea. And the money raised from the bundles are going to be going into the next film. So that's the idea. At least get us uh, a little farther ahead into that budget so do you know what the next one yeah. is going to be yep it's called scarlet and uh i will actually po- i will uh tell you the synopsis i put it on my imdb already so i will actually read off the synopsis or whatever the fuck you want to call it go for it after months of grieving over her mother's untimely passing a girl named Scarlet tries to push forward with her life and follow in her mother's footsteps. She soon finds herself trapped in the clutches of her delusional professor's home. Paralyzed and unable to fight back, Scarlet's only option is to hope the drugs wear out in time before it's too late. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sam, uh, for joining us. And thank you to anybody yes. out there listening. Please do come visit us at HorrorMakesUsHappy.com. We'll have a schedule posted there to show who we're interviewing next, as well as a list of the people we'd like to interview. If you can help us connect with any of those people or know of someone you'd like to have added to the list, let us know. You can also become a Patreon supporter and link to our social media in general. Just come let us know how we're doing. HorrorMakesUsHappy.com. <laughs>